Hi there, this is the Practicology Podcast. This is a place where we believe with all our hearts that theology is deeply relevant to practical life, including the problems of practical life. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about a very troubling and pervasive problem today. It's the problem of anxiety. Thankfully, we have a friend here to help us. Uh, Josh Smith is a Christian and a counselor. And he's going to be uh, taking us through a three-part series on, on this subject. Uh, Josh, it is so good to have you on the Practicology podcast today. And uh, maybe if I can just be very Canadian and very blunt, uh, can I ask you right off the top to say hi, but then to tell us why we should listen to you talk to us about anxiety. Do you actually know what you're talking about? Hi, Michael. I appreciate the opportunity to come on. And uh yeah, I, I don't know if I would be, I definitely do not consider myself an expert, but I do know that it's something that I have been through myself. Um, so I like to share that I deal with this on a professional level as a counselor. Um, so I'm a school counselor full-time working with teenagers between the ages of 14 and 18, young men, young women. Um, we do work on academic counseling and college and career readiness, but we also spend a significant amount of time working with students in their mental health. So it could range from anything from anxiety and depression, which are the big hitters right now, um, you know, very popular, very, as you said, pervasive in our society. And we deal with more mild things like, like lesser anxieties or worries or sometimes things like OCD or obsessions and um, relationship problems and things like that. So um, quite a bit of experience. I've been doing that for 15 years. And uh, then on evenings and weekends, uh, private practice counseling uh, with a whole range. Uh, I think my youngest client has been five. And I, I believe the oldest one a few years ago was in their early 70s. So again, in that, in that realm, uh, it would be dealing with all sorts of things from marriages to uh, the things I already mentioned, like depression, anxiety. And the whole the whole gauntlet, the whole variety of, of things that people deal with. So definitely not an expert, but I deal with it from that professional level. And then, like I said, um, on a personal level, I struggle with anxiety. And uh, I have a diagnosis. I've been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder um, due to health conditions. I had diagnosed with cancer twice uh, in the last seven or eight years. <clears throat> and so... Um, I worry a lot about my health, and it does it does affect me uh, to the extent that I have uh, anxiety uh, significant enough that it's been diagnosed. So, um, both from a personal and also from a professional level, we'll be talking about these things today. Well, I've heard stories of doctors who practiced for many years professionally, and then uh, maybe for the first time underwent you know some pretty serious health issues of their own, and it brought a whole level of uh, personal experience to their practice, maybe I, I, I'm pretty sure made them more helpful to people. So yeah, Josh, I'm, I'm thankful that you're able to bring both of those perspectives and uh, also appreciate that you're a believer. And uh, so you're able to help some of us who hear and maybe experience these things, but maybe we wonder a little bit how to think Christianly uh, about them. So, so Josh, you've generously uh, agreed to do three sessions with us on this. And I think the, the, the metaphor you're using for this first one is that you're going to get our feet wet, right? You're, you're going to, we're just going to wait in a little bit here and, and get some basics maybe under our belt. 
And, uh, and maybe you could start by telling us what anxiety is and um, how prevalent it is. You, you just take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. So the first, this first session is going to be like just getting your feet in the water, just getting your feet wet um, up there in Canada where it's only warm like two or three weeks out of the year. I'm sure you just put your feet in the water, right? Um, so you're just getting your feet wet. And then next time we'll, we'll kind of wade into it and in, wading into the problem. And then the last, the last one, we'll, we'll go diving deep in for solutions. So we'll just talk about some basics, like you said. And I really appreciate you um, adding that very important and significant perspective um, because I, I did not mention, we, we handle it from a professional and a personal level, but I didn't mention the, the spiritual or the, script, the scriptural level, the scriptural perspective, which we all know is the most important. Um, and a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about relative to anxiety and even depression or things like that, uh, we know it's a problem for unbelievers, but it's a problem that Christians deal with too, right? And I think that's what you're you're getting at. It's not necessarily a Christian problem, but it's a problem that Christians deal with. And that's one of the first things I really like to um, bring to light and, and talk about is just some bringing some awareness to this, right? Um, I think... Um, Michael, I'm sure you know, I'm sure that everyone listening to this podcast right now, you are aware of, or you know someone who's struggling with anxiety right now. And maybe even as a listener, you yourself are struggling with it. And uh, I just want to, I want to pause here for a moment because I thought about this a lot and prayed about it a lot, but just, just knowing that this is not just a lecture that this is not just a, a sharing of information, although on, on some level it is, right? But there are real people dealing with real issues. And I guess I just want to begin by acknowledging that this, this is a problem. And like I said, I've faced it personally. And there are people who are listening right now who are facing it to a greater extent than I have or that we maybe understand. And there are people who are dealing with it on a, on a lesser extent. And so there's a whole spectrum of of people listening right now, but it it is a problem that people deal with. I'll just share a quick example. Uh, we a few years ago did uh, an all day, well, it was a, an evening and the next day, a couple of meetings on anxiety. And before we went uh, to have that session, we wanted to know who we were speaking to, and so we sent out um, a form essentially where people could respond and tell us. Um, what they've been dealing with in, in light of anxiety in regard or in reference to anxiety. And this was a group of young people who were giving up their Friday nights to do devotions and prayer and singing and Bible study and things like that. So I think our expectation would be that there would be um, perhaps very few people who were dealing with uh, anxiety, but even more than that, honestly, things like self-harm or, or suicide ideation. And so we would expect most people to respond to those surveys without any difficulty. And what we found very quickly in going through some of those results were that there were people who within the last week had thought about self-harm um, and thought about it on a monthly basis. And some were even more extreme than that. And so it, you know, it was kind of eye-opening. And I hope that this podcast would do the same, not to over-exaggerate, not to inflame an issue that, you know, we're just trying to make make it into a bigger deal than it is, but to just pause and acknowledge that, yes, it is real. 
people do struggle with it and uh, it, it's okay to, to acknowledge that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's helpful to just point out quickly that it's not only in the church that there's, you know, a stigma or, or whatever, a stereotype about only certain kinds of people suffer from these things. Like even outside of the church, maybe there's a lot of people who think, well, men should never deal with this, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's okay for women to have anxiety, but men shouldn't, big tough men should never struggle with these things. And then yes, within the church, maybe we, we well, we maybe would have our eyes open to, to just realize how many of us in the church have, have struggled with this. So in light of that, I, I just want to take a moment. I think this would be beneficial too, not only to acknowledge like there are real people who are dealing with this, but also to take a moment and if you're aware of someone who is dealing with it, to take a moment and pray for them right now as you're listening to this podcast. And I think, you know, if, if nothing else, that would be a benefit of, of this podcast today is that that person receives prayer. And um, I, I think it's just good to to not only acknowledge that there's a real need, but to, to pray for that person right now. And if it's yourself, um, you know, listening to this podcast, it's okay to take a moment and say, God, help me with this. And, you know, hopefully... What we can suggest are, are scriptural and biblical uh, solutions and, and ways to get to get help. So one of the things I also want to talk about, and you alluded to it already, was was removing some of the stigma. Is it okay to ask for help? Right. I'm sure uh, you have examples in your life where being a man, you, you didn't really want to uh, to ask for help. You want to share any of those right now? Well, I'm a man, so I don't want to share anything about it, Josh. No. <laughs> So here's an example. Here, here's an example of one. So um, let's say that you're struggling in your in your marriage, right? Uh, it can be very difficult as a man or, or a woman. It can be difficult for anyone to say, okay, we need some help here, right? It would be um, perhaps perceived as embarrassing to say, not only are we not getting along very well, but we've reached the point where we need to get some help, right? And a lot of times... Uh, that is exactly what we need. We need that help. But when we also think about uh, this specifically from a mental health standpoint, to say that I need help with anxiety or to say that I need help with, uh, with maybe depression can be seen as something that's embarrassing. And we want to not only raise awareness that people are dealing with this, but we want to raise awareness that it's okay to, to, look, to look for help and to ask for help and to acknowledge that, that I need something, right? Um, can be very difficult to acknowledge that. But what we want to do is start shifting some of the ways that we look at emotional health and think of it along the same lines as physical health, right? So somebody who's having chest pain and they go to the emergency room, we say, good job. That was the right thing to do. You needed some help and you needed it urgently. Um, if you had a toothache for three weeks, you'd say, oh, makes sense. Go see the dentist, right? Uh, but sometimes we we think like, well, if I'm if I'm experiencing anxiety, what do I do? What, how should I get some help? And, and we need to start thinking of it as the right thing to do to get help with our anxiety, um, similar to a way that we look at it with, with, with physical health. Yeah, I mean, uh, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like mental health is very directly linked to physical health in, in, in the sense that our mind I mean, I know Christians differ on how we ex explain what the body is and, and how the human being is made up, but at the very least, the mind is a faculty of the soul, but but we, we think with our physical brains, right? Like our brain is part of our physical body. In a, in a sense, mental health and physical health, it should be very natural for us 
mm-hmm. to to treat you know the broken leg and uh, uh, the dislocated joint or whatever similar to to mental health issues. Absolutely, and so asking for help is okay. Um, so I, here's here's where I think there are two areas where uh, even when we acknowledge that we need help and we would like to get it. Um, there are two areas that that get a little muddy and that get a little difficult to move. And the first one is, who do I then ask for help from? So I think it would be important for uh, people who are listening today to right now, think of someone in your life that if you needed to go to them for, for assistance, for getting help with anxiety or depression or something along those lines, who would who can you identify in your life? that you would go to right now. And what we want to avoid is waiting until it gets to be such a dire situation that you're just, you know, it's too late or you're you're not even sure what to do, but to right now identify who is it in your life that you would go to if you in fact were struggling to a great degree. And that's something we identify now before we get into something so deep that it's difficult to ask for, right? So it could be someone like, um, I mean, a parent, right? Somebody we can trust, a brother, a biological brother or sister. Uh, it could be an overseer. I mean, I would, I would hope and pray that we would all have overseers or elders in our, in our local church that would be very approachable and that they would already have identified specific people that they could then point you to or help you or assist you, right? Um, you know, sometimes uh, there could be, other people that we trust, um, a mentor, or someone who, who you can go to. And again, I think it's important to identify those people now so that when they're needed, um, you can you can make that connection. Matthew has been taking us through a series on the church recently, uh, Josh, as you maybe know on the podcast. And, mm-hmm. and this is one of the things I just love about the church is, yes, I have a biological family, which is amazing and wonderful. But I, I take such strength knowing that if my life fell apart, if my marriage, you know, went through huge storms, there's there's a network of people that we can lean on. They are our family. The church is a family. So yeah, uh, that's a great point about just taking time ahead of the storm to to think, well, who would I run to if I needed some help? Yeah, and that that makes total sense to me. And that's what that's the beauty, like you said, the beauty of what God has designed as far as giving us uh, layers of support. So he's given us our immediate family, which is wonderful. He's given us the local church. Of course, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the scripture, which can teach us. And um, we sometimes we should we should mention this too, is it's, it is absolutely correct that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And reading the word of God and praying is absolutely appropriate, but it is okay, as, as we've been mentioning, to use other resources as well. So what we're suggesting is that you talk to an overseer, that you talk to a trusted brother or sister in Christ or biological brother or sister or someone that you can trust as well as the scriptures and as well as praying, because I'm sure you've been through situations in your life. And I know that I have in mine, um, even thinking back to going through cancer and knowing that there were times where I was reading my Bible and it was like, I just wasn't able to, um, because of the fog I was in, I just was not able to hear God's voice the way I wanted to, or my prayers just seemed very empty and, um, you know, more routine than they were real. And uh, so it's okay to 
acknowledge that there's both of those things that can be that can be genuinely and sincerely helpful. And when the scripture tells us to to bear one another's burdens, I mean that that's a real that's a real thing. And I'm sure that you've come across situations. I know that people listening to this, you know that there are some heavy burdens out there, and people man, they need they need Christ first of all, who said, "Come unto me if you're if you're burdened and heavy laden." But there's a, a real beauty. And there is a real um, satisfaction in being a Christian brother or sister who can help bear each other's burdens and come together as a local church like that. Yeah, it's a false dichotomy to choose between the two. I mean, it's the scriptures themselves that teach us to rely on others and that we need human relationships. And and even I would argue uh, that that we have recourse to healthcare and so on to to help us. So it's actually good for us. It's so therapeutic to to lean on others and to uh, be reminded in the midst of our grief that we have others uh, who who are there for us. That's very healing in a way. So yeah, and I would suggest too, like, and I know this is kind of on the fringes of what we're talking about, but one of the lessons I learned in going through cancer and going through chemo was to allow people to help me. Right. And I never realized what a blessing it was for, for those people until they told me, thank you for letting us help you. Right. There's so many of us that just want to say, no, we're good. We're fine. In fact, I think I saw just recently on the Babylon Bee where it said a recent survey shows that 99.9% of people at church are just fine. Right. You say, how you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm fine. Um, but but it's it's such a blessing to allow other people to help. And to bear your burdens, and we're not saying go, you know, bear all of your thoughts uh, or wear your your heart on your sleeve to every Christian that you come across. But to when people ask you, it's okay to answer sincerely and say, "Yeah, it's going through a tough time right now, right? Got a lot on my plate. Um, I could use some, I could use some help. Let's get some coffee sometime. Let's talk about it, right?" So there's there is a, a blessing in that, in, in allowing people. And I'll just share a quick story along those lines. Um, as far as local church is concerned, one of the, I would call it like a defining moment that I really came to appreciate this. And it's hard for me not to get emotional even when I talk about it now, but I was on the last day of chemotherapy. There was a number of things going on last day of chemo. Um, my wife was extremely pregnant. We were due like within a couple weeks with our fourth child. Uh, it was actually Jim Smith's funeral on that day. And it was also the day that we had to be out of our house and move into a new house. And my wife being so pregnant um, and me literally having a difficult time getting up off the couch. And we had like 50 people show up and literally moved our house like within three hours. Like it was amazing. Like the whole process took three hours moving, like loading up the truck, driving to the new place, unloading. And I remember just like, getting to the new house, they put down a bed and I, I just laid down and they took care of the rest. It was an amazing experience just to see like the local church coming alongside. And that's the sort of thing that we can also bring, not only when people, like we're saying, are in physical difficulty, but in emotional difficulty. That's an amazing thing to serve in that way, but also to allow others to minister and to serve you in those situations. Yeah, that's an awesome personal example, Josh. And I'm just wondering if maybe Matthew could do an episode on the church as a moving van company or something like that. I'm not sure that that metaphor is in the Bible, but it's a touching uh, example that you gave. And so many of us can give something like that. So I think I think what we've done uh, today is we've done a good job of getting our feet wet. And I think 
I think it would be nice to just close this first episode um, with some with some scriptural thoughts, right? Um, when we talk about dealing with anxiety, one of the we've already mentioned that biblical counseling is is a reliable um, resource um, that allows Christians, those who are Christians, to use their gifts in order to serve and to help bear burdens, right? So biblical counseling um, is is uh, something that I, I frequently use with what's called CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And cognitive behavioral therapy, to put it in the simplest of terms, would be essentially teaching your brain or helping your brain to think differently or to think better and developing habits that encourage that. And that's that's what so many scriptures teach. And if I recently heard someone go through the New Testament and reference the mind in each of the epistles, um, and in and, and the book of Romans and, and all through the New Testament and even the Lord Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, when uh, he talks about it's not just your actions, but it's your mind. It's it's loving righteousness. It's hating iniquity. And it's not just about what we do, but it's about what we think. And that's where scriptural counseling, biblical counseling um, really engages with the client um, on, on the thought level. So Romans 12 talks about renewing your mind. Uh, Colossians talks about taking every thought captive. Hey everyone, after we finish recording, Josh wanted me to come back and just fix that up a little bit. The Colossians 3 reference tells us to set our minds on Christ, on heavenly things, and it is in 2 Corinthians 10 where we're to take every thought captive. Back to Josh. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about thinking as a child, but when he became a man, he put away childish things and maturing in our thinking. Um, in Philippians, it says, let this mind be in you. So it's, again, dealing with the mind, dealing with the thought. Um, and we're just studying in our in our Bible study here in Jackson on 1 Timothy, where it says godliness with contentment. And contentment is that mindset or that frame of mind where not only is there a lack of want or desire for self, but there's that that desire for God and that rest and satisfaction in Him. So it's a principle um, that would definitely be scriptural to think about the way we think. And even even the Old Testament, when it talks about where, where there's no wood, the fire goes out, right? So continually feeding uh, that fire with the right kind of wood is a good analogy or a, a metaphor to um, scriptural counseling, dealing with the mind that then clears the fog so you can deal with whatever else is going on. Cognitive behavior therapy has, has been so useful, but what strikes me about so many of these things is, is when I learn a little wee bit about them, it, it just strikes me that that they're, they're based on principles that are very, very biblical. In, in my own life, I hadn't really shared planned to share this, but uh, in my own life, uh, I've struggled with things like um, just in the last couple of years, uh, um, I've had the experience many times of, you know, being exposed to something that was um, lustful, uh, you know, that I hadn't planned to, to see and, and uh, it, it was just an accident, right? It was just something that came up in front and immediately there's this uh, lie, this thought process that activates within me that says, okay, now you have to confess this. You have to confess, you know, this to your wife and all this. And you, uh, anyways, I won't, I won't go into it, but it just helped me so much to have someone identify the, the false thinking, the mm -hmm. unbiblical thinking, and to have a label for it, you know, like this is uh, spiritual OCD or something like that, to have a label for it. And then, and then yes, to, to retrain my thoughts. Um, uh, scripture says, 
Scripture does not say I need to confess. The scripture says that I've actually done the right thing here. I don't need to feel guilty about this. Scripture says Christ has taken care of my guilt. And so, um, yeah, this has been really, really helpful for me uh, in my life. And I think, too, like to go along those lines, like it, and so much of it can be um, perhaps the environment that we've been brought up in, uh, an environment of, of that guilt and shame, which are appropriate when we sin, right? Or when we see something we shouldn't. But the guilt and the shame are things that should then drive us to God, right? And that's what you're saying is we don't need to stay in that for too long. You know, once we've acknowledged what we've done and we've, in, in essence, repented of that, and we're, we've confessed it and we're, we're experiencing God's forgiveness, sometimes our minds want to stay back in the, in the, the wrong areas and we need to refocus and, and understand that he's faithful and just, right? And uh, so, yeah, it's, and that's again where, uh, you know, working with someone, whether even if it's not counseling, even if it's just that trusted overseer or someone can help you, like you said, talk through that, where if we just stick in our own heads, it's like, wow, I've got a big problem here. And we just get caught in our, caught in our own mind. And, uh, you know, sometimes we need each other to, to bring us through. Yeah. In the case, in the case that I just gave there, it wasn't even real guilt. I mean, believe me, I've had plenty of real guilt, things I should have been guilty for. And I, and I did yeah. experience that, but, mm-hmm. but there, there's many believers who are extremely introspective and sensitive mm-hmm. and they, the devil loves for them to, to feel false guilt. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just one example, but having another believer identify the problem and, uh, you know, give some guidance as to how uh, we can talk ourselves through it and not stay in that place. Mm-hmm. And so I think just to summarize what we've done today, we've talked about bringing awareness to it. And let me just say thank you for, for the opportunity to do that. I think the more it's talked about um, on podcasts like this or from platforms or in different venues, I think just bringing awareness to it makes it easier for people to talk about where 20 or 30 years ago, this might have been something that people would never talk about, right? And so I, th- I just want to say thank you for just raising awareness and having the conversation. And I think we've also tried to remove the stigma to say it is okay to ask for help. You've you've shared. I've shared. Everybody who's listening right now, I'm sure you've got examples in your life where you've been, okay, I needed needed somebody. And maybe you look back with regret and say, I didn't ask. I didn't ask for help. But you can ask for help now. Um, And we've also, in doing that, hopefully made it real, but then also looked at what the scripture says. Just a few examples, right? And as we go into... A future episode, um, the next one's going to be talking about like, why? Why is there so much anxiety right now? It is everywhere. I think Louis Giglio said it's got a chokehold on our culture. And so looking at why there's so much, and I, there's a couple interesting things that, that we've learned in counseling that, that contribute. Super. Well, thanks, Josh, uh, for all the same reasons that you just thanked me. And uh, thank you for just getting our feet wet a little bit with this and exposing us to a little bit of what it is and, and uh, removing some of that stigma and so on. Maybe some of our listeners are going to experience anxiety when they hear what I'm about to say now, which is it's going to be two more weeks before you hear the next episode in this little series. And then probably another two weeks before you hear the third one where we really get into solutions, including some biblical texts that can really help Christians through this. And so uh, just to allay that anxiety, can I share one verse now that that helped me today? Uh, It's in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 7. It says, light is sweet and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. Sometimes we over-spiritualize things. Sometimes the best thing we can do is go out into the light, open up the shutters, open the blinds, step outside. It says, light is sweet 
and it is pleasant for eyes to see the sun. And I'm happy that in Manitoba today, the sun was shining, uh, the storm clouds were gone for a little bit, and I just felt so refreshed getting out into God's world and uh, experiencing his light. So, Josh, thank you so much for being with us. Listeners, please join us again next week and the week following. Uh, Two weeks from now, we'll have Josh back on for episode number two in this little series on anxiety. Until then, may the Lord bless you and preserve you. 